podcast my name is anthony and sitting right across from me as always via zoom is my pal de quincy i know we haven't done this in like two weeks but why are you sound like a robot i'm a little rusty you this is like this is it this it's like a ron burgundy kind of thing is this how this i talk is. this <laughs> no this 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 is episode 133 wow a little rusty sorry Welcome back, guys, to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Anthony's doing his little thing as normal. Um, and, and really, the best part is, <laughs> I have no idea where to go with this now. That was you completely threw every the once in a while. You have these openings that completely throw me off, and that was one of them. And that's that's the goal is to throw you. Oh, off. the goal is just to uh, okay, just to, to watch your watch your reaction. <laughs> on zoom like what is going on welcome back to the q a podcast boys and girls you can find <laughs> us on damn near every listening site where you go find podcasts <laughs> for for free 99 we're on google stitcher um amazon Podcasts, and uh spotify um, among many others um Thanks for, I just want to say, before we get into our topic today, thanks for listening. If you could go to wherever you review and give us five stars. If you don't give us five stars, we believe you're a hater. So do that for us, <laughs> please. And thank you. Now take it away, Mr. Garcia. Man, so yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since we talked. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that time, I mean, a lot has happened. And, you know, we, we didn't get to talk about the Astros taking taking it to seven games of the ALCS and coming up just short. That was a heartbreaker. Um, but, you know, despite all of that, there definitely um, – there's definitely – I felt more optimistic about the future um, after this loss, even more so than last year because um, – if you think about it, it's incredible to see this team, you know, go through a 60 game season, you know, because of everything that's happening in the world to go through a 60 game season, lose the best pitcher in baseball after the first game of the year and take it to seven games of the ALCS. When, when we talked about it as the playoffs started, I wasn't very optimistic about, us, you know, going deep into the playoffs without Justin Verlander. Hold on, hold on. You're not even done. Let's keep going. Justin Verlander, last year's Cy Young winner, out for the season. Jordan Alvarez, last year's Rookie of the Year winner, out for the season. Our best pure hitter, Jose Altuve, couldn't hit above his weight for the entire season. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's talk about it. A lot was working against us. And to take it that far, to come within a game of the World Series is 
it's incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we, you know, to lose Verlander after the first game of the season, and that was it. Um, losing Alvarez after one game, like his his only game of the year, he's gone. Um, and yeah, Altuve, my God, I mean, hitting like hitting like the twenty fifth man on on a roster, barely hitting over two hundred for you know. A good chunk of the season. Yeah, let's talk about Altuve real quick. Like, how much do you think was, how much of that do you think was real? Because he hit th- over three hundred in the playoffs. So, how much you think of of the sixty game season was actually the Jose Altuve that we're going to see um, from now on? I believe he hit. He finished at two twelve. Mm-hmm. I will check right now to make sure. Yeah, it was awful. Um, if I, you know, if I have to, you know, uh, chalk it up to anything, it would be just, just the fact that it was a shortened season, that it started so late in the year. Um, in 219, oh, I, I shortchanged. <laughs> and, you know, everybody, everybody across baseball was saying, when you start the season, if you're, you know, starting the season in July or August, like that's when players are starting to really find their groove, and so it wasn't really just Altuve that went through this. I mean, there's a lot of players that that typically don't perform this poorly. Um, so, uh, so I, that's you know I'm going to chalk it up to just 2020. You know, like everything else that we talk about in in life, 2020 is pretty much the only way to sum up why he hit so poorly in the regular season. And you know, like you said in the playoffs, he he came alive, and it's you know uh, it was after sixty games, and that's kind of the the mark that where most players start really getting into form, and you know it's just another example of, of that happening. So okay, for his career, Jose Altuve is a three eleven hitter. I'm gonna set the over under for 2021 at sorry. Two, let's go 295. Are you going over or under? If the season starts on time, I'll go over. I think if we, you know, if we see something uh, similar, even slightly similar to 20, 2020 this season, could be under. I mean, it could be another rocky start where he, you know, yeah, could definitely hit under 295. But I think if it's a full season, full spring training, you know, um, full lineup, yeah, I think he gets back into form. Okay. I just picked that number out of thin air. Then I looked up and saw in 2019 he hit 298. So <laughs> just barely over that year. Yeah. Um, so we expect Jose Altuve to be back hitting in form. Um we hope and pray that uh, Jordan Alvarez's knees can hold up to 162 games. Um, but let's talk about someone who may or may not be on the Astros in 2021. The one, the only, George Springer. And that's part of, real quick, that's part of what I meant by Altuve. Like Altuve's performance is contingent on a full lineup. Mm-hmm. 
does that include George Springer? I mean, that's that's a huge chunk of the offense, uh, a huge catalyst to the two, three, and four guys. You know, whether he gets on base, whether he hits a home run, George Springer at the leadoff spot has been the biggest catalyst for this offense, and we may not see him next year. Um, and I'm not uh, for all the things that I have for all the things that I feel confident about going into next season based on the way we performed in the playoffs this year, that's the one thing I'm not confident about. By all accounts, the Astros aren't going to re-sign him. They're not going to re-sign him. And that's a huge loss. I mean, that's probably, I would say that's a bigger loss than Verlander for next season because he's an everyday player. He's that top catalyst of, of, you know, the leadoff hitter of the lineup. And, uh, I mean, probably one of the best leadoff hitters in baseball if Mike Trout isn't leading off, you know, whenever – because he's done that a few times. But, um, you know, with his power, with his speed, I'm definitely one of the top hitters – top leadoff hitters in baseball. And you might lose him. Yeah, I think – I agree with everything you said about his productions and value and so on – if you were to, if I was a gambling man, I would guess that he's gone just yeah. because once a player reaches free agency, now it's no, it's no longer you as a team against that player. Now it's you versus 29 other teams. Mm-hmm. And well, uh, let, well, you versus 28 other teams because the Rays aren't spending any money anytime yeah. soon. So your chances of losing that player grow exponentially. And yeah, I think Springer's gone. I'm not going to be. I feel like this way, the same way I felt about Dallas Keuchel. You hit free agency, get every dollar you can because yeah. your career, you're not. It's not like the owners where you you're going to guarantee to make money for as long as you live. Even when you want to get out the game, you sell your team for billions of dollars. As a right. player, you only have a maximum of what fifteen to twenty years if you're extremely lucky. So yes, I hope he grabs every every dollar he can. Uh, I know you wanted to go, so go ahead. Um, oh, uh, so I, I read that he – so the Astros, uh, they offered him the qualifying offer, and I've read he declined. Yeah, well, that's – So that's so what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So does that mean we can still re-sign him? Yeah. Like, the qualifying okay. offer is basically there for – honestly, it's there for the draft picks. Yeah. So you offer a player to qualify offer. He refuses whatever team signs him. They have to give up a, a draft pick in the next year's draft. And, you know, part of the reason why I think most of us feel like he's gone is that very few players re-sign after that qualifying offer. Um, Normally. This year, yeah. we've already had two people take the qualifying offer. Kevin Gosman with the New, uh, with the San Francisco Giants and Marcus Stroman with the New York Mets. They both accepted their qualifying offer. Oh, really? Yeah. And the qualifying offer this year was $18.9 million. Wow. As long as we have a regular. 18.9. Yeah. Kevin Gossman was pretty damn good last he's, year. And he's getting better, but yeah. I didn't expect him to make this much this <laughs> quickly. Yeah. But yeah. hey. Good, good and me. also, if someone offers you almost $19 million in this climate, mm-hmm. 
as long if like you're not one of the superstar players, you would be wise to take it. Especially Gosman was did well did well last year and deserved it. And um Strowman didn't pitch at all last year. He sat out because of the COVID concerns. And, That's right. And he was hurt the year before. Yes. With uh, the Mets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As soon as he got traded, he, he, I think, made two starts and then went out That's back in perfect. 2019. Yeah. So out 2019, shit out 2020, and someone comes around and gives you $19 million, you, I mean, he would be a fool not to take it. Yeah. And, you know, the difference between those guys and Springer is that Springer is clearly a superstar, you know, all-around player, offensively, defensively. Um, and he's he's in the prime position to field a bunch of offers, even with the threat of losing a, a draft pick. Um, you know, he, he's, he's in a good – I mean, it's, it's a great position for him, uh, but it's not so great for the Astros at least um, just because it, def- it definitely lowers, you know, their chances of resigning him and you know uh, what's your outlook if you if they do lose him you know i mean you have to prepare you have to be prepared for that that loss so what does this team look like with without him because with him we you know what what they look like without him something we haven't seen in you know almost 10 years now since he, you know, uh, was drafted and made his debut. Yeah, debut back in 2014. Um, going back to what you said about what the team's going to look like, it's, it's right now is Kyle Tucker and whoever you can find in the minor leagues. Rumors are that they are still trying to work out a deal with um, – Brantley, Brantley to bring him back, and they're also talking to uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Interesting. Yeah. Me, before we start talking, I want to talk about something um, just like the money portion. Uh, something we're going to talk about. The pro- like it, next year, the luxury tax is going to be $210 million. Yeah, two hundred and ten million dollars. Apology, uh, two hundred ten. That'd be a problem for. All. But anyway, so that'd be a problem for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going through um, basically the Astros guarantee salaries, the salaries for arbitration, the players who are pre-arbitration, and just adding up the numbers and crunching together how much money they actually have um, before they hit the salary tax. And it basically right now they have a little bit over thirty six million dollars to play with, mm-hmm. which isn't a lot. Which, I mean, uh, yeah, and especially if you're talking about Springer. Yeah, and for you, for, so you know the Astros went over the salary t- tax last year, so they had the tax bill about a, a little bit over three million dollars. And as you can see, with the way the, the world is right now, and there's no guarantees that we're going to have fans in the stands anytime soon next year. Mm-hmm. If you're Jim Crane, you like if I was Jim Crane, I wouldn't want to pay that luxury tax again and have to pay, you know, instead of being 20%, now it's going to be 30% because you're a repeat offender. 
Right. So I would say under $210 million, I was him. So if George Springer is really going around asking for somewhere between 22 to $25 million a year, I mean, that's two thirds of your, of your available salary cap right there. How are you, how are you going to upgrade anywhere else? Because this team did great. Like we said, it was unexpected, especially all the injuries and just guys not being effective. But there's still other places that you need to upgrade this team. Mm-hmm. You need to find, like, if you if you just signed Springer, you got Springer and Kyle Tucker, well, then who's your third outf- outfielder? Um, how are you feeling about your rotation? You probably want to bring in one more person because you're not sure about that fourth, fifth spot between um, – What's the guy? Christian Javier. He's never pitched more than 160 innings. So you probably want to bring someone else. You want to bring someone in for the bullpen. Now that you dropped Asuna and Devo. So it's like there are other holes in this team that they need to fill that, that, like I said, that 20 to two to $25 million they, spit, they would spend on Springer. There are other things they need to do for the team. So that's why I think he's gone just because they have other holes to fill. Right. And, and I I really feel that what's going to happen is they're going to sign Jackie Bradley Jr. And the outfield will probably be some combination of Tucker, Bradley Jr., uh, Chaz McCormick, and Miles um, Straw. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they make a trade. Maybe someone in the minor league system. I know they signed uh, a Cuban outfielder. Uh, whose name escapes me right now is supposed to be like the next big thing. So maybe he'll be up in a year or two, but I really don't see, I, like I said, I don't see Springer coming back. I'm sorry for taking all your time. Go ahead. No. And that's, I mean, that's a huge drop when maybe you go from Jackie Bradley Jr. And Miles Straw to, or from Springer and Brantley to Jackie Bradley Jr. And Miles Straw. So yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's drop. a tough pill. That's, that's a, a huge drop. Yeah, that's a drop offensively, but defensively, Jackie Bradley Jr. has one goal, has won a gold glove. Tucker was a finalist this year, and we've seen Miles Straw. He can flat out fly. So mm-hmm. what you you definitely would lose something at the, at the plate, but your hope is the defensive adjustments would make up for that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And you know my thing. The thing that had me so optimistic mm-hmm. after, you know, this this most recent exit was just the way the pitching performed, you know, the bullpen, the rotation. But then again, I'll, you know, I'm still staying optimistic, but also you have to be real, realistic that this was over a 60, 80 game stretch, you know, with the playoffs. Mm-hmm. How is that going to translate into a, a full 162 game season? Exactly. Can that bullpen replicate? that production are these young starters going to um like you said uh um who who was it that a uh, christian hopper you said he hadn't pitched over 160 innings you know is he going to be stretched out over 162 games you know to to the tune of 200 200 plus innings and then you know yeah, Michael. Oh, I'm how sorry. Does, how does McCullers respond to? Yeah, exactly. I was just about to go there. It's like I understand we love Lance McCullers, but do you feel confident in him making 30 to 35 starts this year? Right, and he didn't pitch great during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he definitely had some very bright moments, but you know, 
I mean, we talk. There's another guy who's never pitched more. Let's see, he's never pitched more than 130 innings mm-hmm. in his career. No, and that's Steve, why I wouldn't say I, I, I. You said we all love. I, I wouldn't say I'm in the love category just because he talks a lot and he hasn't backed it up yet. I mean, he hasn't really solidified himself. And, and we've talked about this in other episodes. You know where we kind of project him to to be in terms of. Um, uh, or you know, like, like what's his ceiling? And we've talked about that in the past. And and I'm still sticking with uh, two or th- a two or three guy. Um, yeah, which isn't a ba- which isn't bad. But it, you know, considering how much he talks, he he talks like an ace, mm. <laughs> but he hasn't performed like one. He might be a guy like who we were talking about earlier, Kevin Gossman. It's just like maybe he puts to get it puts it together, but it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. It's three years down the line when he's no longer on the Astros. Yeah. Man, I was talking about Christian Javier. I went 100. I said, oh, he's never pitched 160 innings. And then I look back like, man, I hope I didn't shortchange him. He's never pitched 100 innings <laughs> in any of his seasons. Going back to, you know, the going back to minors, let's see, the most he's pitched – Oh, I'm sorry. 2009 over the three levels, A, AA, and AAA, he pitched. Oh, here we go with some math. What's that, 120 innings? That's still, you know, 80 innings short of what we need, you know, for a full season. 113 innings. 113 innings. So, yeah, okay, I was right. And that's, you know, through three levels of the minors, it's not what he's going to see in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. So I do have kind of going back to the Springer issue. So you said we roughly have around 36 million mm-hmm. to kind of work with. And let me say this um, the luxury tax, the owner can pay it if he wanted to. I know Crane's been, he's made enough money from the Astros playoff runs going back to 2015 he mm-hmm. can pay it if he want to but i just assume that he doesn't want to <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry we're going i'm gonna go a little tangent during the world series when rob manford came out during i think it was in between games four and five was basically spilling about how the owners had taken such a huge loss and and no one knew what the financial situation was going to be going forward. And it's like, dude, it's the fucking World Series. Why the hell are you talking about money right now? Mm-hmm. This is supposed to be the pinnacle of your sport. It's like, shut the fuck up and let the game play. And that right there made me, made me realize, oh, it's this offseason going into the next year's uh, CBA contract negotiations going to be a fucking bloodbath. I would be shocked if the 2021 season starts on time. But, but going back, that Rob Benford speech about how the owners were losing money, like I don't see Crane going above that $210 million range. Yeah, I mean... I think I, the basically the commissioner is the owner's mouthpiece. So whatever he says is how they're feeling. They're feeling the crunch they're not going to pay. And we've already seen that shit go on right now with Cleveland. And that's another, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you speak. Cause I have a tangent on Cleveland. I'm sure. going to let you go. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, like, like you said, if, if you're not able to allow fans into the stadium, you know, that's a huge chunk of revenue that you're losing and it makes the, um, it, it makes the desire or the, it makes it less um, less desirable, I guess, to want to pay that luxury tax if you decide to go over. Because it's like, okay, well, I'll make $3 million in, you know, gate sales, you know, in the first month of the season, for example. You know, you'll, you'll make that money quickly. Like, it's easy to, to pay that tax when, you're, when that big chunk of revenue is coming in. But that's not happening at the moment. And it might not happen next year, you know maybe for the first half of the season, if they start mm-hmm. on time. So, yeah, you know, that, the, the issue of, of the, the payroll tax, um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't see us – it definitely hurts our ability to go after – or to retain Springer. But my question is um, that $36 million that we have uh-huh. – or, or, or I guess the main question is, where does Justin Verlander come into play? Is he a factor at all? Because um, he's owed what thirty six million this year, or going into next season. Is that covered by insurance? Like, is there any? And if it is, does that free up that money for us to kind of expand what we have to 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 work with? How does, I don't know if that if that is a factor at all. Hey, so sorry. Hold on, let me like Justin Verlander salary next year. It'll cost thirty three million dollars against the luxury tax. So I had the same question about his injury, and insurance will cover his salary. Well, it will cover some part of his salary. We don't know what percentage of whatever. It would definitely cover some of it. However, that means nothing for the luxury tax. Mm. It would still be $33 million. So it doesn't free up any money for mm. what we have left. Not a goddamn dime. Man. Oh, well. <laughs> then that really... Um, uh, that really lessens the the likelihood of, of us resigning Springer. Hmm. I think, you know, if, if even if you could, like, even if half of that 33 million could be saved and, you know, could be opened up, that'd be a huge, that's a huge chunk and would, would have definitely helped, but. It's just not going to happen. So I, I mean, part of it might be saved just from the insurance. So the insurance, let's say the insurance pays a third of Justin Verlander's contract. So Crane has to come off twenty-two million. He's going to pocket at eleven million and not, you know, not bring it back to the team. Hmm. Hmm. Do I get to go to my Cleveland right now? <laughs> Absolutely. Man, I could not imagine being a goddamn Cleveland Indians fan right now. First off, your team releases Brad Hand. Brad Hand had a ERA below two, but below two last year. If there had been an all-star game, he would have been in it. And they released him because his contract calls for him to make $10 million next year, 
next season and they had a $1 million buyout. So you put them on waivers and <laughs> no one fucking picked them up. So that tells me two things. Like one, like I said earlier, these owners are going to do everything they can to save money because you have an all-star quality arm out there for only $10 million and you refuse to pick him up. We are a problem. And two, the Cleveland Indian owners. I don't know who it is. It, it, Google the owner for me. Okay. He's a fucking cheapskate. Between that and all these goddamn rumors that have been going back into the beginning of this year, talking about, oh, how we can't afford Francisco Lindor. We'll give him a $3 million, $300 million contract when other guys are signing $1 billion contracts. An actual quote from the damn owner. It's like, what is the point of owning these teams if you're going to be a goddamn cheapskate? Like, I don't understand. Most of these teams, all sports teams, they're vanity products. There's something where you have your name out there, you own it, it's yours, it's great. I don't know who the hell owns most of the companies in the world, but I know who owns all my goddamn sports teams. Right. Well, who's the CEO of Ford? Don't know. Who's the CEO of Apple right now? That's Steve Jobs. I don't know. But I know uh, Tillman Fertitta, another cheap fucking bastard. <laughs> The McNair, McNair family and um, and Crane, I know their name. So owning a sports team is a fucking vanity project. You put your, you have the money. You, you put your name out there. Your name is out there. Why do you want to be the cheapskate? Why do you want to be the guy that's hated in your goddamn city because you won't spend the money to bring a championship? Why? According to Wikipedia, the current owners from 2000 until now is this is funny the dolan family no relation no real relation that's like a, the cousin of james dolan are you serious i am fucking google it google it it is like the cousin <laughs> or the uncle or the something of james dolan the owner of new york, new york knicks i swear to god they're related wow he's his he uh okay so lawrence j dolan is um the principal owner Mm -hmm. his nephew james l dolan oh, dolan owns the new york knicks boom i told you because i saw that name i googled it i was like oh another cheap bastard that doesn't know how to own the team is it genetic it runs in the family but going back to our point why would you own a team and not spend money the Cleveland indians were one game away from winning the world series in 2016 and have gone backwards every year since then because their owner just fucking refuses to spend money. Yeah, it's Lawrence, Paul, and Matthew Dolan. They're like the three principals of the organization. Wow, I can't you believe sit, that. You want to sit here and tell me that you don't make money, you're barely struggling, but you won't sell the fucking team and you refuse to open up your books? Stop lying to me, man. <laughs> That'd be like if I told you I had a car and I can't afford the car payment. You'd be like, oh, why don't you sell it? Whoa, 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 whoa. Definitely not. I can't do that. But you don't have the money. Oh, I don't have the money, but I can't sell. But I'm not going to show you my check stubs. I'm not going to show you my checking account. You're lying to me. All these the owners lying to me over here, crying broke billionaires crying broke and don't want to spend no damn money 
The, the new Marlins. But then what turn around and ask for a new fucking stadium? <laughs> With taxpayer it. money. And they'll get it. That's... And they'll fucking get it because otherwise they'll threaten to move the baseball team to Portland or or um, Nashville, mm-hmm. who actually has a group up and running trying to get a team. Or San Antonio or uh, Las Vegas. So you you ran some of your te- your city for a goddamn stadium, move the team in, get the profit for the stadium. You barely pay any money on that fucking stadium, and then you refuse to put a winning team out there on the goddamn field. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's it never ceases to amaze me how these guys operate and how they get away with all that. And still come out with so much at the end, because they, they will get that stadium, and then we'll turn around and sell the team for fifty times as much as they bought it for. <laughs> right, billions of dollars, and then pass on the debt to the next guy, mm-hmm. who will turn around, sell it for fifty times, evade, and pass that debt on to the next guy until he wants a new stadium, and the taxpayers got paid for that shit. All the while, they sit there and complain that they broke and can't pay a superstar player that you only get once in a goddamn generation of money he fucking deserves. Hello, Mookie Bits. Oh, yeah. Well, he made his money regardless, so he, he was a little, one of the lucky ones. And while I'm here, fuck the Boston Red Sox. Y'all don't have the money to pay Mookie Bits. Who is either the best or the second best player, depending on how Mike Trout feels that morning. Right. <laughs> but all the rumors talk about, oh, watch out. The Red Sox may make a run at George Springer. So you're going to pay half as much money to get a player that's on the downside of his career. And let's mm-hmm. be honest, he's on the wrong side of 30. He's on the mm-hmm. downside. But the generational player, one of the best players in the world, top 10 in the league, MVP candidate this year, you can't find the money for it. And he helped his team win the World Series this it year. He won a goddamn World Series. Another one for him. But you two worried, owner of the Boston Red Sox, about the goddamn luxury tax on a fucking team that prints money year after year after fucking year. Y'all can't pay that man his money. If you're fucking broke, say you're broke, sell the team, get out, and find an owner that's willing to come in and pay the money to win the games. There's always somebody out there. That's why right now I'm rooting for the Mets. The new guy, the owner who came in, what's his name, Cohen? Mm-hmm. The, he's saying all the right things. I hope he goes spin. I hope they win, and I hope they get a World Series within the next two or three years. Because you come in, you spend money, you deserve it. I'm tired of these motherfucking billionaires coming up in the motherfucking game, complaining they ain't got no motherfucking money, but I want to sell the motherfucking team. And the Mets, believe it or not, are not that far off. They're a few pieces away. They've got a good young nucleus that, you know, stranger things have happened. 
<sighs> All right, I had to get that off my chest, man. That started with the Cleveland Indians and it just went on to just <laughs> n- not just baseball. It's all owners. You, it's, it's all sports. Cheap bastards don't want to pay for anything, but don't want to sell the shit, but want to sit here and say that you broke. It can't be all three of those things, man. That's what that's what shocked me when when Tillman Fertitta bought the Rockets because his his net value, his net worth was like under three billion, and he bought the team for like a billion. It's like you have to have a little more. <laughs> usually, you have to have a little more cushion to make a purchase like that. Like, and you know, it's showing. Yeah, because he thought the good time rolled because most of his money, his money is tied up in what hotels and restaurants, mm-hmm. and he thought the you. Nothing ever changed, and then 2020 he came up and said, "I don't think so, sucker." And now he a broke boy, taking out 300 million dollar loans at 20 percent interest. <laughs> well, th- ducking the luxury tax, time in, time out, making and doing these trades, making Daryl Morey get on the luxury tax, harass him, and making Daryl have to step down to go to Philadelphia. Man, yeah. I hate a fucking broke owner, man. It's he. 2020 accelerated all this for for Tillman because he'd been doing this since he took over. Yep. So the, I mean that was a it's not all on the pandemic but you know like I said I think 2020 certainly ex- accelerated like the way he's operating because he wasn't wheeling and dealing when he took over. Billionaires be the first people to tell you that you need to save your money and not spend on frivolous shit and then turn around and knock you out of the line when it's time to get a government handout. Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of broke boys. Everyone. All right, I'm back. I'm back down. Let's go. Um, we were going to also talk about the uh, just free agency in general. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I'd be shocked to see anyone get a contract over 125 million. And that I, just might be Springer. I think there are three guys that are going to get over 100 million. And Springer, Springer, Real, Real Mutual, and Bauer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what is this site? MLBTradeRumors.com. They're mm-hmm. projecting Real Muto to get five years, 125 from the Mets. Mm-hmm. And if that owner is, you know, opening up the pocketbooks, like he said, like he claims, mm-hmm. uh, he could get it. But then again, he's he's on the wrong side of. Of 30 as well yeah i think i think you'll get close to that I, I earlier this week i told you about the rumor that he was looking for something in the range of 200 million dollars mm-hmm. yeah and <laughs> i believe that got a hearty chuckle from the both of us yeah 125 million five years like for a guy he's He'll be either 30 or 31 going to the next season. 
it's not just his age. It's also it's just the catcher position. That is tough on your knees. And if the National League doesn't get this universal DH, and he's he has to be out there 150 games squatting behind the plate, that's not good for him. Anthony got up and I was not looking. <laughs> I was just talking to myself. That's uh, leave it in. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking I'm, sure, about I'm how, sure it was good stuff. I'm sure it was good. No, I was just talking about how real move to the contract. He's on the he'll be the 30 or what he'll be 31 going to next season. And he'll he's gonna be you know, he's been the catcher full time, and we still have no idea the National League is gonna get the designated he designated hitter. So if he has to be behind the plate. 150 games a year. I mean, I don't care what kind of athlete you are, them knees will go. Right. Yeah, I just don't, I don't see, even before all this, I didn't really see him worth that much. Mm-hmm. So, would you, you heard, uh, the, you gave us the baseball rumors contract. What do you have for him? <sighs> My kingdom for a working pen. Oh, this is the wrong pen. That's why it's not working. There we go. I think for him, I, I, I think he should be happy with five years and 90 million. Five years and 90. Wow. I'm going with the with the baseball room. I'm going five one twenty five. What team you got, man? I'll say the Mets. I think you know they're by all accounts, you know they're they're looking to to really make some waves, and you know if there's it all depends on who is. Uh, who's looking for a catcher. So they might have the advantage if there aren't that many offers out there. Oh, I'm going with the Mets just because I think the owner's ready to make a big splash. Mm-hmm. And he's the one owner for sure that did not get hit by baseball's financial situation last season. So new money, fresh money coming to spend. Um Let's go to Trevor Bauer, <laughs> a man we have had words about for many years. Yeah, do we have to? I mean, we just skip to wait to the end what you think he's going to get. <laughs> but. Well, I mean, you know, he's still good enough. I mean, the um, – What's the best way to put it? I'm trying to. <laughs> he finally put it together for a truncated season. Is that what you're trying to say? He did, but what I mean is, for as much as I can't stand him, you uh-huh. still have to acknowledge he's a really good pitcher and should be the top earner or should be the top uh, free agent. You know, he is the top pitching free agent, and you know, so I think. He'll get 
close to what he's looking for. If he's looking for 150 million, he might actually get closer than anybody. You really don't like this guy. I can just tell in your voice. You're like, oh, yeah. I had to fucking talk about this asshole. <laughs> All right. Give me, give me some years and a team, my friend. Well, this side I'm looking at, they have him going to the Dodgers at four years and 128. Is that who you're picking? Um, I mean, they're usually the, you know, the, the best, um, I mean, they're usually one of the top. They're always in the hunt for the top free agents. Um, but, you know, I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees made a run, run for him. And say four years, $120 million, to pair him up with, with Cole, who they'd rough, roughly be the same age mm-hmm. as your one and two guys. So are you picking picking Yankees instead of Dodgers? I will, yeah. All right. I'm right and on. they need to make a splash anyways. All right. You talk about a baseball team that make, needs to make a splash when it comes to pitching. It is the Los, An- Los Angeles Angels. Mm. That might make – that makes a lot of sense. Because... Like you got the best player in baseball. You, you made the playoffs one time in his tenure. Mm-hmm. You went after Albert Pujols, didn't work. You went after um, Justin Upton, hasn't worked. No. Last year you signed Anthony Rendon, that was a failure. And no matter what they do on the hitting side, it doesn't matter. The problem for the last couple of years has been their pitching. Mm-hmm. And we had the same conversation last year when um, – Cole. I almost call him Adam Cole. <laughs> when Gary Cole came up, we had this, we were having the same conversation. The Angels need pitching. The Angels need pitching. He's the best one out there. Go get him. And they failed last year. I don't think they failed this year. I think their owner, Art Moreno, he gets it done. I'm saying you said four years, $128 million. I'll say one twenty. Yeah, one twenty. You know what? I'm changing my prediction earlier. I'm saying – they do everything to get this guy, so it's going to be a five-year, $140 million. Wow. And I, if they, I, if I, I just, just – oh, go ahead. Also, you know, if he's if he wants really wants to be a competitor, this gives him a chance to face the Astros many times throughout the season, mm-hmm. multiple times. And, you know, that intensifies that rivalry. I think he's going to get into a bidding war between the Angels, the Dodgers, and the Yankees. I think Moreno has had it. He's had the best player in the generation and has gone nowhere with them. He knows he needs pitching. I think he just opens up the wallet for him. And he also knows this division is up for the taking. The Mm -hmm. Rangers are still – the Rangers say they're retooling, but really they need to rebuild. The Mariners are better, but still, I don't think you can trust them. The Astros, the regular season for 2020 still counts. So, if you're the Angels, you still, I'm sure you feel like you can pass them. And um, the A's, while still great, they are, 
they're a team that it's a tight wire between who they have and the money they can spend because they're they're probably losing Liam Hendricks, um, Chapman. Um, we don't know what he's going to come back next year. There's all-star third baseman. So if you're the Angels, this might be the guy you need to make a splash and make a run in 2021. Yeah. Uh, the, either, all three of those teams make sense. I mean, they could. I feel like there's a recording of me saying, if you're the Angel, Garrett Cole is the guy you need for 2020. <laughs> there's a recording of, there, of that out there somewhere in the ether. Definitely. Yeah, I got five one forty, so go hide you. Um, and the last, but the last like big guy we're gonna talk about, of course, George Springer. So again, MLB trade rumors has him going to the White Sox, five years, one hundred twenty-five. Oh, back with AJ Hinch. Yeah, and Dallas as well. Yeah. Hmm. He's thirty-one. Mm-hmm. Still very productive, mm-hmm. still healthy. Mm-hmm. I could see him getting a seven-year deal. Because I think anybody, you know, uh-huh. you're going to have to outbid. Seven years? Have yeah. you been taking the eddies, sir? I know you moved. Did you hurt your back? Did you take teams, some oxycodone? What's going on? Teams, teams don't learn, man. They they overpay for these guys still, and I think this won't be any different. Seven years? Yeah, I mean, he'll be 38 by the end. and Seven Earth years? Yeah. Because I think most teams will offer at least six. Seven years. I think the one, like the team that gets him is going to probably have to go for seven. I'm putting this down right now. You say seven years. Give me the, give me the number amount. Seven. I'm right. I'm actually writing down seven earth years. I'm writing that entire out. Seven earth years. Give me the money. I'll say one second. Let me do the math. Because you're talking, you're talking twenty million. You're talking. Let's see, seven times twenty-five is what? One seventy-five. So seven years, one seventy-five. That's what you're going with. I think someone's going to be dumb enough to do it. Is that the number you're going with? It's not my money. One hundred and seventy-five. What team is paying for this? That is a $175 million question. <laughs> well, it's definitely not the Astros. That's for sure. Hmm. I need you to explain. <laughs> it's Corona, though, and someone paid... I'll say the Angels. <laughs> They've got the money to do it. They need to, like you said, they need to make a splash. And I think you could make that splash with him, Trout, and Rendon. 
seven years, one hundred and seventy-five dollars and eighty. Seven years. This man's on drugs. And if you also think about it, the Angels, as much as we always say year after year, need to improve pitching, they never do. They typically get the top offensive free agent if they get anybody. Uh And I think history may repeat itself. I think they have the money to offer to, to make to make it worth his while. Mm-hmm. He would stay in the division, face all these teams that he's familiar with, play in all these ballparks he's familiar with, and make a whole lot more money. And play next to the best the best player in baseball. I am stunned. I'm sorry. Uh, What do you think? Okay. So I'm on baseball rumors as well. Mm -hmm. And like they named some teams I'm going through. Like they named the Cardinals. The Cardinals couldn't pay Colton Wong. I don't know why you think they played George Springer. The White Sox make sense. The Blue Jays. Makes sense. It might be there. I think there's their stealth. Um, same with the Phillies if they lose uh, uh, Rio Muto and the Nationals. Mm, they're always in play. Uh-huh. They definitely have deep pockets as well. Yeah. And know how to. Um, What's that thing? Defer money. Mm-hmm. But it's one team I'm looking at. I'm trying to go and see. Oh, man. Sorry. I'm trying to see if they have the money for this, this situation. And they're about, about $50 million underneath. Let's get crazy. I have him going to New York Mets. Okay. With Rio Muto. And hold on. When they sign Springer, what they'll do, turn around and use their outfield 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 depth to make a trade to the Indians for Francisco Lindor. Interesting. And the Indians will, would probably do it, yeah. <laughs> and that way, I just made the Mets contender. The, the contender. They might even be the favorite over the Braves in the AL East. NL East, apologies. Right. Interesting. What's the number, though? Oh, then uh, five, uh, one twenty-five. Okay, okay. Sorry, I wasn't getting there. Um, I mean, that's about it. Is there any other free agency you want to talk about? 
No, not really. This is one of those years where, like, uh, as much as like George Springer on your team, you know, if he's like the top guy in free agency, that's, you know, it's, you know, it's not a uh, Garrett Cole. It's not a, um, gosh, that's not a, a Bryce Harper kind of signing, you know, signing at least. I think he's better play. He's, he's performed better, but, you know, just the hype isn't there. Like, like if you were going after Cole or Harper or um, someone like that, you know. And then after, after Springer and the fact that Stroman and Gosman uh, accepted qualifying offers. There's a big drop off in terms of like, <laughs> you know, who's out there. I guess the last thing: Do you think the Astros resign Michael Brantley? Sorry, I'll take a Brantley. It depends if he will take uh, less money. Yeah, less money, because the deal he taught he signed with the Astros was was a two year, thirty two million dollar deal. Oh, the only thing with Michael Brantley is okay. So Brantley is going to play left field, which mm-hmm. means Kyle Tucker is going to have to go right to right field, where he's okay, but he's not as good in right field as he is in left field. Mm-hmm. Which means and there's no he does not need to be playing center field at all either one of those guys. So my only problem with that is that it would it would hurt the defense a little bit because you know Brantley is a spring chicken. He's had leg issues in the past this year, in fact, and the DH position should be Alvarez's basically full time. Mm-hmm. I don't want him out in the field unless it's to play first base. Because I don't know how his, his – his, he had surgery on both knees. I don't know how they're going to hold out in left field. Yeah. Or at first base. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, first base is less less stress, definitely less running involved. Um, for me, what I would like to see for them, the goal sign, Jack Lee – Bradley Jr. and make a run at Liam Ham, uh, Liam Hendricks, Hendricks, Hendricks. Ooh, my mind's gone today. Yeah, and then maybe even try to get Brad Hand on a maybe one year, eight million dollar deal with an option, and then go that way. But we shall see. That's what I would do. What What would you do? Yeah, I mean, I think you you could resign him if. He took a big, you know, a pretty big pay cut. And we're talking maybe twelve million a year, as opposed to sixteen. Um, it's possible. We saw Yuli do it, or Gurriel. He, he's taking what seven million dollars next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you could get him for a discount, I think it kind of keeps. It helps keep your roster intact. It kind of slightly softens the blow of losing Springer. 
Um, but again, it does kind of muddy up the uh, your options in terms of like where you play where you play Tucker um, and how often you use Brantley at DH if you have to. Um, but you know, I think if yeah, only if he he takes a pretty steep pay cut. Um, if not, you know, might as well. <laughs> why not start it all? You know, just blow it all up. I mean, because Reddick is gone, Springer's gone, Brantley's gone. Um, start anew. I mean, you've got a good uh, left field, I guess, centerpiece. Not center fielder, but centerpiece of your outfield with Tucker, the way he played this year. I mean, he's clearly getting better and developing and um, offensively can be that anchor of your outfield. And yeah, go with the other options that you mentioned. I think, you know, that would soften the blow as well, but you know, it would just be different because it would be a new, you know, a fresh start, you know, uh, a change of um, what we're, of, you know, who we're used to seeing in the outfield. So, you know, it would be tough at first, but I think, you know, with the right signings, it, it could work out. All right. Sorry, I'm just... There you go. That Cuban out there, I was saying that they signed Pedro Leon. Was the sign for around four million dollars? Well, that was pre-Rona, so I don't know how much he's actually gonna get. But they have high hopes for him, so maybe he'll be playing center field soon. Who knows? Gotta all right, something. yeah, gotta do something. And then basically all next year, if the Astros are like are like middle of the pack, we gotta worry. Well, I wonder if Carlos Correa is gonna resign here. And if not, they'll have an option because the 2022 shortstop free agent class is loaded. And hopefully by then you'll be back to normal. You'll have the flexibility. Uh, oh, yeah. Between payroll flexibility. Yeah. Between Grinky and Verlander, that's $68 million coming off the books in 2022. Mm-hmm. Of course, about. 30 of that's going to Korea if they sign him. Yeah. <laughs> 29 of that's going to Bregman, uh, Altuve, Bregman making 13 next year, and it jumps up to 30 and a half. <laughs> Jeez. 2023, 2024, as Bregman gets a combined $61 million. <laughs> It's a weird position to be in because it's like your team is still good enough to play for next year, mm-hmm. but you're also looking to 2022 and a lot of that money comes off the books. And like, how do you stay competitive going forward? Because mm-hmm. you still have a nucleus to keep it competitive after next year. Yeah. But it's hard not to like think about like what it's going to be like without Grinky's salary, without Verlander's salary, you know, how we're going to be set up after that yeah 
I was going to say, oh, we don't want to turn to the clubs, the Cubs win a World Series and peter out, but mm-hmm. they haven't done that. They won the World Series and have been back to at least the ALCS every year after. Mm-hmm. So, they've been impressive. I hope they can keep that trend up next year. Uh, you got anything else for it, man? That's it. All right. Good. Good talk. Good to get back into baseball. I knew we were not talking about wrestling. No. <laughs> Um, I haven't kept up the last nah. couple weeks. Oh, I was thinking about the It's like we come, we do a wrestling podcast once a week. We talk about SmackDown. We talk about Raw. I give you your three minute warning about AEW, and then we don't talk about the best show that WWE puts out week in and week out and NXT. That's a lot of wrestling. What I think we should do is just read the. Um, like, don't even watch it all. Just read the trades and see what happened. And if something cool, catch it on YouTube or or wherever you can, on Twitter or whatever. And just watch NXT and SmackDown. I could, I'm good with that. And just do that. We just make a quick little raw review on a podcast. Just talk about NXT and SmackDown. That's, that'll probably be more entertaining for both of us. Considering <laughs> that NXT has been, like, consistently good. Mm-hmm. For years now. All right, so we are finished here. Um, anything else you want to say? That's any, all I've got. Any plans for any upcoming podcasts? Any hot dates? <laughs> uh, I don't know. We do another holiday thing theme. Okay. Oh, we got to get back to like, I'm going to do one about comic books, man. Okay. I'm going to do one where we talk about the, what we're reading, what we're picking up. You can talk for 30 minutes about Batman 66 and all the old ones. <laughs> you don't buy new comic books, man. and It, it kills me because both DC and Marvel have been doing excellent comics lately. Yeah, I think I think that's something we can we can work out. All right. Every time you say that, like, oh, so we could work at it. Reminds me whenever I'd ask my mom for something and she'd go, maybe. Like, that always means no. (laughs) 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 All right, guys, we're done here. Um, Thanks for listening. Like I said earlier, if you could do us a solid and go review a podcast, give us those five stars because. We too would like to be big and get a Spotify exclusive deal. <laughs> right. Of course, that would that would involve us actually recording on a weekly schedule, but we'll see. All right. We're out of here. Anthony, as always, a pleasure. Absolutely. And we'll be back next week. So for Anthony, I'm the Quincy. Later, babies. R.I.P. Alex Trebek. Oh.